Hello everyone. Welcome to Recast and I'm your host Saurabh Sardana. World around us has changed and recasted in a way that is difficult to imagine. It has become more complex and for some overwhelming. This podcast series is the result of my hunger to inspire individuals and companies to unlock growth value through the power of understanding societies and consumers. It's not the ideas but those who make ideas work will stay ahead. So I will dig into the untold stories and unfiltered content from people who have made these ideas work for them. Stay tuned. In this world, which is constantly getting redefined by data and technology, the role of market research industry has become not only important but critical. Management consultancies, ad agencies, and media companies all have jumped onto this trend by providing research as a part of their holistic offering. market research industry which once upon a time could claim a monopoly on consumer data business is now going through its own set of transformation to remain relevant to discuss this topic and a lot more i have with me an industry veteran and now a faculty at indian institute of management lucknow mr mohan krishnan mohan i am glad to have you on my show thank you uh, saurav thank you for inviting me it's a pleasure to meet you after such a long time mohan let me actually kick this off by asking you a very important question the way i look at it insights business is now a shared space market research companies are not the only companies offering advisory and insights to brands and to governments around the world management consultants have actually gotten into this race there are advertising agencies media agencies technology companies all trying you know to actually sell their services at the back of evidence should market research industry look at this as a threat or should they actually look at it as an opportunity for collaboration how do you look at it when you see it from where you are today it's a very interesting question and the fact that this question has come about is simply because almost all the actors that you mentioned have access to information about consumers delineated information about consumer the behavior and their actions are available in some form or the other uh, with each one of them and everybody therefore believes they have a right to explain those behaviors with their own methodologies and tools available with them and therefore you know, they they have they can build those uh, practices and uh, it's a sh- shared space now and we can't uh, now say that there is only me who can coexist in this consumer insights business everybody can bring to the table their own expertise expertise partly from the availability of information partly from the methodologies and tools that they have evolved to collect that information and so therefore we will have to give way to those uh, players but what is relevant for us and to make ourselves distinct in this um, shared space is the fact that we are the ones with the empathetical data with when i say empathetical data i mean we are the people who are interacting with consumers in flesh and blood in an unbiased manner right if you for example you take the the marketer right or the cmi manager they are going with a certain agenda in their mind howsoever they might try to be objective they are interested in their domain a management consultant is somebody who doesn't have the wherewithal to do that width and depth of consumer appreciation and understanding and the training that we bring to the table right an it 
consulting company or a you know social media company does immersions maybe right i'm you know when i talk about an advertising company may do a few vox pop and in immersions but again they are not people who work across categories understand consumers in their entirety their lived experiences are something that is unavailable to most other players and that is the advantage that market researchers bring to the table and that's what the world needs to celebrate um, i don't want to claim that we are central to the inside business but definitely if you have this uh, holistic view we will have a lot more richer inside to contribute to our clients a more long term view more contemplative view and i do hope that means that a more wise perspective consult that uh, with a greater empathy to the marketing problem at hand so what would you say that a way we are today is also a result of how rapidly the insights function has become commercialized because i think everybody needs to understand their customers first and i think in that process uh, clients are demanding you know from us to do research which is quick do it at actually a fraction of a cost because i think there are you know sort of real business pressures and you know they they just don't want to you know add to overheads but at the same time i think they are also looking for better quality right and from where i look at it i think industry has sort of you know gave in to that request i mean you know we are easily giving in to those three planks even when you know those things are not possible so um, how do you sort of look at that because i think you've been in this industry for like more than 30 years and i think these problems are not new problems so how you would have dealt with them if you were you know still working for a corporate within research industry very very critical question for the future of this industry and we therefore we need to have very pointed directions for us to gain from this uh, let's take value and set it aside very fast a value is what uh, we are able to justify to the client in terms of their improvement in business right and uh, therefore if we have some ability to measure that value we can cost right consultants typically in the past have tried to do that by explaining cost gains or or by explaining top lines growth and therefore justify the fees as a percentage of those savings or uh, gains we don't have that in marketing because many of the inputs in marketing have a long term repercussion and given that it is not going to be very easy to establish value what we do have as an advantage when we talk about consumer insight having an impact in client organization is the need for developing a trusted advisor relationship right which means that we need to have a long term view with the client and if you are going to have a long term view with the client the client also needs to have a long term view and relationship with the with the research organization and so comes the other two questions which is speed and relevance now speed let's say you know i i came into this industry 30 years ago even then people wanted uh, things turned around fast when they needed it i remember malaysia's proton car wanted to enter india i'm talking as early as 1994 95 they had just two pictures and they said you know we need to take some decision whether this car model will be appreciated by the indian customers can you give us some finding tomorrow right because whatever it is you talk to even we don't mind samples of 50 60 
we just want some preliminary view you know do they look at the the images and say oh yeah this is terrible or do they say well this is fine or or maybe they are saying this is great and we will take that finding with a pinch of salt right and we did that in as days time we met some 60 70 relevant customers right and we sort of gave that finding uh, so therefore uh, speed is not something that people claim i'm every generation will say that the speed of change has grown but the fact is speed is a very contextual thing right speed has to be weighted against uh, relevance and that is where market researchers have to take a wiser view many a times i find today people want to take a sacrifice relevance at the altar of speed because somewhere when a client demands and that's also becomes a fashion statement right many years ago we heard i want it as of yesterday right i also had clients who used to write memos and this is much before the email era memos with a subject line very 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 urgent right i'm so therefore all these behaviors are not new to us but what has become subject of quality problem is because in in the meantime this industry has got fragmented at into various parts so there is a data collector there is a data analyst company and then there is a data insight generating group of people because it has become assembly line people don't know the quality trade offs that are going on when you sort of increase the speed and when you increase speed at the cost of quality relevance is definitely going to go down right and that is really was what the senior leaders in this industry have to ask themselves because when you try to deliver to speed uh, at the cost of relevance you lose your overall relevance in the long run i remember a client telling me that i evaluated all the research i've done in the last 2 years looked at all the product test and then separated those studies where the agency said you should go ahead with the product or those that they said don't go ahead and particularly looked at those where we took the decision in opposition to, to what the research company has said and we found no correlation to prove that the research was indeed useful you know in proving itself right right and um, that's something that we then need to ask ourselves is the problem in the methodology i don't think so right because over the years so much understanding academically and theory wise we have improved understanding of consumers right what has probably gone wrong in my view is the shoddy nature of data collection right and uh, that i think could be the target segments could be the sample size right or the representativeness you know of the market and i could even blame it on probably one more thing when you rush it in such a fast paced manner maybe you don't even know the problem right right when you started out you didn't define the problem right what were the variables on which you want to test the product you know think about it you didn't debate typically when we were youngsters we were taught to look at h not what would make the product fail i find many a times researchers are going around proving what will make the product succeed right you're asking questions around that right and if you don't have time for those debates at the problem conception stage at the data collection stage then you know the finding is going to be irrelevant you know and people are going to wake up and ask this question why am i spending this money and therefore it goes back to that the third point on value so you know i'm so this trade off between speed and relevance should not be sacrificed at the altar of efficiency but on effectiveness 
And here again, I will have to ask the leaders, are you driving a business which wants to stay relevant or are you stri- driving a business that wants to grow in revenue? I think those are valid points, Mohan. And I think one way to also look at it more from a business leadership perspective is one way to fix that problem is invest in your talent, right? I mean, if you keep coaching that talent, if you have like a good pipeline of talent, I think your talent will take care of you as an organization. And the second is, you know, to sort of take very harsh decisions of saying no to client, which I think is very rare in, you know, sort of today's market research world. I think, you know, there is a tendency to say yes very easily. How do you look at these two different sides? Because I think I've always seen you sort of talking to young and budding researchers, sharing knowledge freely. And at the same time, I think, you know, you've also shared stories with me outside this podcast where you would have said no to a client very decisively. So do you think those two things are happening at the right intensity, you know, within the business or you think that we need to improve on both these fronts? Well, I think there is always a room for improvement. This question that you put uh, juxtaposing talent and need for relationship, therefore to say no when we want to, I'm quite tired if you look at. When I joined this industry, I was quite shocked the first year or so when I realized you know, my seniors would actually spend most of the time arguing why the research is actually required, right? So they would, in fact, say that, how would this information help you take better decision? Can't it be done with a toss of coin or with whatever information you already have? And I was thinking, how come these guys are not selling their business? They are actually deselling their business. It took me some time before I realized that that is how relationships are built and that's how the inside business at the heart is really what about, right? Because you are trying to probe what is that extra information that would improve the quality of decision making. And that can be only got if you have this sort of argumentative relationship where you're actually deselling research in many ways, right? Because many decisions can be taken without additional information. And many a times, additional information could be noise more than a signal to be worthwhile to take a decision. Now, this was, was and still, I would believe, is in the heart of relationship with clients that we should maintain. Partly what has happened in the last 15, 20 years is the growth of CMI managers. In consequence with that, many of the industry professionals have also built verticals. So there is somebody looking after brand tracks and there's somebody else looking after product testing. So there are too many silos that have grown. When you have silos, these informations are all stuck in their own group and you are expecting the CMI manager to be able to assimilate all of that to take decisions. Because I don't, as a researcher sitting in a silo, don't have knowledge of what else is happening anywhere else, right? And that brings to the the problem that you put at the center, which is talent. If the talent is not rotated, talent is not exposed to many aspects of marketing problem, you know, how are they going to solve holistically the client issues, right? So when you have put people into silos, many a times I attend training programs of these silos and they are largely about tools and methodology training, right? Tools are standardized methodologies are standardized. People are told how to interpret that information that comes in charts to explain decision to clients, right? If you make it so narrowly defined, 
where is the time for the researcher to look at the problem in the context of the markets and consumers and the marketer situation the other problem that comes along is of course the cmi manager himself or herself is a little disconnected from brand managers and marketing heads and now with the growth of digital technology if you go to a typical organization they have also gone through a lot of revamp if you look at earlier there were vertical managers now you have us you know in many organizations single managers with digital heads with uh, sales heads because sales heads are also bringing data to the table and then of course the cmi manager so cmi manager is also struggling to get the context of the business holistically right in all this talent you know is sacrificed training programs have uh, budgets have gone down if at all training programs are there as i said earlier it's mostly tools and methodology training training rarely are about types of data information or assimilating information critical thinking right and so on and so forth sponsoring people into attending wide variety of uh, uh, knowledge platforms if at all happens it's mostly within the uh, fraternity of research business and those also become more like a competition to prove who has got a better tool right a better tool to measure the same thing in a lot more nifty or faster cheaper manner rather than what is the new learning that we are having about consumer behavior right in a wide variety of contexts in various industries so now i would therefore you know we are, as an individual now my advice to individuals would be that we can't change this overnight so therefore i go back to what peter drucker used to say in his uh, small article called managing oneself you know look at our your, your own strength because you can't succeed with your failures you can only succeed with what is your strength if your strength is um, you know in marketing right build that domain experience very strongly at the same time uh, if you're if you want to be a researcher build your ability in tools and methods when i say tools and methods and you know if you're a quantitative researcher it might be statistical methods if you're a qualitative researcher it would be more you know more types of qualitative even qualitative today has got a lot of quantitative approaches now emerging right so that's the second tool that we'll have to build right uh, and the third is uh, the client context Uh, if you're working with clients i think we have to build this uh, at least we have to try and build this long term relationship ability with those clients rather than look at it as a one off product in and out lots of people tell me that i'm a product specialist you know so therefore my job is to execute that right for these clients i have five sets of clients and i have i do product tests for these five set of clients i feel is a very limiting perspective about developing talent from a company perspective and for the individual too i think they will not enjoy it in the long run you will see high level of attrition so mon would you say that i've seen two kinds of research agencies out there one agency like you sort of very well mentioned is very heavy on products right they have built you know certain kind of products and i think when that young budding talent would join you know their organization they would get trained on that product and i think they would be taught how to think within a particular frame there is another kind of research agency out there who doesn't take a very product oriented route they do believe in sort of starting a conversation asking more questions being more curious right but i think in that process because you know that process is quite messy 
it is not as structured as what like a product oriented research company you know would teach you i think it's not everybody's cup of tea to maneuver themselves through that messy process and still bring an insight on table that you know client would know already now i see these two approaches uh, very distinctly from where i look at research uh, business within southeast asia or for that fact in asia which would you say is a better route and i think you've you've spent like you know you know almost 30 years seeing both kinds which in your opinion is actually a better approach to approaching a client's business problem which i always call as an opportunity very controversial question but i will address <laughs> it this way dichotomy itself is unfortunate Mm-hmm. for the simple reason um you take methods right uh, for example uh i want to test a product uh you know we can have a few guidelines which can be this is the way we will measure people's liking about taste of that product or this is the way we will measure maybe we use a five point scale seven point scale you can have a few thoughts on those right and you know it should also have some flexibility around those thoughts because these will vary by category situation and these also need to be updated with time right now that is what i would call as a useful standardization think about it when you you know i'll give you an analogy when all of us started using mobile phones it used to be crazy the chargers right each one had a different attachment and especially around airports you really had to juggle around to see which one will fit in right and all of us were pretty angry at these companies because come on you know and this is not the way you should differentiate i still get angry at apple doing that but nevertheless i mean you're stuck in some silos and you get along now today you don't see that right because this is foolish customization right so i'm um, almost all of them have standard usb c ports and so on and so forth and that makes our life um, but still we can be brand loyal right that is not the way to bra- gain brand loyalty so what i mean is that there should be some standardization but those standardization should be useful standardization right many companies what they have done is they've standardized to such an extent i joke they actually don't need researchers right they need some automatons you know robots to you know go and sell so i look at that as a top line growing art right they actually don't want uh, intelligent people right many a times i feel they just want them to be run machines to get it done and bring molas into the organization and then they put a uh, many structures you cannot play around with the tool because these are going to go into the norms right and therefore nothing can be done about it now think of yourself as a researcher in such a context there's very little you can do right you can actually take an old proposal change the client name and the client category and send the thing and you will get it right so some slightly smarter researchers will start protesting and therefore these companies will say okay no problem we will do client centric approaches therefore we will spend some time understanding the client and all you do all you end up is seeing some customization innovation in the proposal first three pages right beyond that everything else becomes standard that is not the way to go about approaching research on the other hand if you are going to look at it as a garden variety method where for everything i am going to reinvent probably it's not a good idea when the world has become 
that much more universal. There are lots of common um, knowledge and new knowledge getting embedded. It is important, therefore, to collect all of that and convert into some some useful standards, right? So to conclude, I really don't like this uh, dichotomy. Organizations have to find that sweet spot. I say efficiency where it is required, but effectiveness should sort of really be the uh, overarching principle. Uh, somewhere large organization, I must also put this point, very large organizations somehow feel that you know intelligent people come at a very high cost, right? Uh, therefore, I don't want very highly intelligent people, people who will execute, you know, like machines. And therefore, I can replace them like any other machine part is probably driving this thinking. I don't think if you have that mentality, you are going to have very confident researchers and you're not going to drive a very high value in your business. Mohan, you spoke about effectiveness, you know, to be placed above efficiency. You spoke about, you know, smart and intelligent researchers. I think in my view, you know, the ones that I've come across who are fairly well-respected researchers within the business, they're also very good storytellers. And I think you're actually one of them because, I mean, you've, you've shared so many stories with us sort of actually back in those days, you know, when we used to work together. And we also know that, you know, you're a great fan of Indian epics, right? The way you look at market research business today, right, is there any learning? Is there a story that you can think of from our great epics, be it Mahabharata or be it Ramayana? And you say that, you know, the same is actually getting played out in actually the modern world of market research business. (laughs) Okay, so let us take a slightly lighter pause on this. I must say that one of the central problem of market research companies is they're diffident. They don't have a confidence about their capability. I recall um, Asim Premji, the great philanthropist from India who heads Wipro, saying that nobody gives you inferiority complex. You accept it on yourself, right? So if you're That's supremely, so true. yeah, if you're supremely confident about your capability, uh, about yourself and your industry, right? People will call you, right? I do consulting companies as well, right? And they, they call you, call me professor, and therefore I'm they. So I'm not trying to show off here, but what I'm trying to say is, if you have knowledge and if you have ability, right, I'm it will get you places, right? And this is what this industry should aim to build for itself. Let me give you a very good apt example from our mythology from Ramayan. Ramayan is one of India's greatest epics. This is from the period when Rama is in the forest searching for his wife who was abducted by Ravana to Sri Lanka. Obviously, Rama doesn't know where Sri Lanka is. And as he's going through the forest searching through this long ordeal, he comes across Hanuman, the monkey god. Hanuman, of course, reports to his uh, his lord, Sugriva, right? And Sugriva is also a banished uh, lord because his elder brother, is a very powerful king, you know, Wali. And obviously, ill-treats this younger brother and throws him out, banishes him to the forest. So this whole brigand of forest dwellers meet Ram and they request and they realize Ram is is God's avatar. So, you know, they ask him, can you help get this kingdom for me, right? He's even kept my wife. So, you know, I want you to help. So Ram agrees, I will help you out. 
in winning back your place and maybe the kingdom. And therefore, Ram suggests that why don't you invite Sugriva, I'm sorry, Vali to the duel, right? Both are great warriors. But Wali is a highly powerful king, right? Because Wali was actually known to have a boon from the god Shiva that whoever he fights, he will take 50% of their and their power to himself. So, you know, with one and a half, you know, three times the power of the opponent, he's definitely going to win. And Wali is also somebody who actually, in a battle, won over Ravan, the guy who abducted Sita, and he made him so puny, even hung on his child's cradle. And these are the stories about Wally's uh, valor and bravery. So obviously, Sugriva was a little diffident. How do I fight this large uh, king, elder brother? But uh, Ram says, I will hide behind. And when the battle is on, I will sort of fire my arrow. And hopefully, I'll be able to kill him. My arrow is pretty powerful and potent. So the, the battle happens. Um, unfortunately, Ram is not able to you know, identify Sugriva in this battle because these are you know, almost identical looking brothers and being monkey, you know, Ram wasn't able to recognize the features of these two distinct individuals. Sugriva is badly beaten and returns hurt, runs away like a coward and Wali says, don't you uh, challenge me again, right? Sugriva with all his pain comes to Ram and says, what happened? And he says, I, can't, I couldn't recognize, maybe you should challenge him second time and this time I will definitely beat him. But maybe you should wear a garland and challenge him. So with much difference, Sugriva goes, fights this battle. But this time, of course, Ram kills him and Sugriva becomes a king and so on. There is this debate around why did Ram, was it really that Ram couldn't recognize Sugriva the first time? And therefore, Sugriva goes and asks this question to Ram that what's the reason? Um, he says, uh, Ram says that I am the first time when you went, right, to challenge, you were not confident about me. And also, you were doing it for yourself, right? I'm actually not fighting for you. I'm fighting for righteousness, right? What needs to win is what I'm fighting for. And Wali also asks him, asks Ram when he's dying, why did you kill me? Because I could have helped you win Ravan because I'm more powerful than Sugriva. He says, well, again, you know, the same problem that you were not righteous and I'm here to win against righteousness. Now, this is a very apt mythology for us because the market research industry is like Sugriva, right? It wants somebody right. else to win its battle, right? It doesn't recognize that it should be fighting on the side of righteousness. What is righteousness here? We are here to help our client's central problem, provide them this long-term advice and wisdom, right? And if we sort of stay true to that, we will never be ill-treated like this elder brother Wali, and neither will we be so diffident about this big brother consulting companies or IT. So the last 30 years, I keep hearing market researchers asking themselves, should we call ourselves insights business? Should we change our name, right? Many people demand that don't call me researcher, call me a consultant, right? But in the academic part that I exist, a researcher is respected more than a consultant, right? I met a 
client some time ago who said, you know, I don't respect consultants. They are just, you know, and he said, well, they are like the second oldest profession. I don't want to denigrate. I don't think that is my right. But I'm just parroting what this person said, right? But I like researchers because they bring facts. On the facts, they give their advice and they separate the facts and their advice, right? Whereas a consultant, you don't even know whether it is his opinion or whether it is a fact that he's collected, right? And that is why I feel researchers somewhere have to bring this confidence for themselves. If they bring this confidence, they won't have to get treated like Sugriva asking for support from Ram. Right? Mohan, that's a fascinating story. And I think there's, there's a lot to learn, I think, for everybody who's sort of listening into this podcast. I actually started by saying that Insights is a shared space. I'll probably end this episode with the last question. Now, we know that it's a shared space and I think, you know, everybody's trying to offer, you know, data, facts, advice, opinions in the name of insights. How do you think knowledge landscape will change in next five years? And where are we going? It is going to, this is probably the best of times, simply because there is so much information of all kinds. But this can also be the worst of times. Aldous Huxley in his brave new world warned against it, right? Because an overload of information is as good as or as as bad as a propaganda information right so what is really important at this time is to win the trust of our clients and therefore how do you win the trust of the client it can only be possible if you're authentic right the world in the last few years has seen populism and fakery right i think people are crying for uh, a more authentic approach to a business. And therefore, I reflect back to my bosses who actually would demarket their business if they wanted to, right? That is really authentic, isn't it? And they're actually questioning, do you really need research here, right? Um, how much more authentic can you get? If we can be authentic with our clients and our customers too, right? I think customers are also getting information from so many different directions. And they're also looking for authenticity in their relationship with their, with their brands. If we can bring this authenticity, um, this is going to be a great time. And we can carve our own niche. I'm not trying to say that we can be a reasonably central figure in this data insights research business. But there will be many players and we will have to welcome them because they all add the flavors, right? And they are going to be useful. I mean, each one is bringing, imagine 10 years ago, we wouldn't have thought about cutting edge computer scientists investing their time, trying to pull out insights from a large volume of consumer review data, right? I, it won't have been an ability that I as a researcher would have been able to bring to the table. A computer science has invested and maybe 20 years ago, they invested their time in financial firms in Wall Street. They are investing their time on marketing problems. So I should welcome them and I'm sure I will benefit from their entry into our area. It will be a richer, more exciting area, provided we turn to be authentic and we are also interested in building our capability with that curiosity. See, central to our work is empathy and curiosity. If we keep Empathy and curiosity has our uh, touchstone of our capability. We will do pretty well. 
uh, in this new world. Mohan, I think those are all very relevant things for us. And thank you so much for sharing your views. It's always enriching to sort of listen to you. And it was lovely to have you on my podcast. Thank you for your time. And I hope listeners of this podcast would also enjoy this content thoroughly. Thank you so much, Mohan. Thank you. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to Recast with me, Saurabh Sardana. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to leave a review and rating on your favorite episode. We will be back with a brand new episode in next two weeks. Also, if you want to chat with me, connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. 